The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network over at noodle.mx and is sponsored by me and my company, D. Joseph Design, which is still just me. I design stuff like a website or a presentation, I can help you get a website up and running to host your own podcast so you don't have to worry about that website stuff. Or I could just design the cover art for your podcast. Check out my portfolio over at djosephdesign.com and contact me through all the normal means that you would for the podcast and we can work something out. You have a message that deserves to look great. So make your next message look or sound great. Welcome to the Audacity Podcast, Episode 9, Four Reasons Why You Shouldn't Use Audacity. Thank you for joining us, or joining me, in this our journey of podcasting. This is the Audacity to Podcast, where I try to teach you the tools, give you the guts. No, I give you the guts first, and then teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm your host, Daniel Lewis, also known as The Ramen Noodle. Check out my other flagship comedy podcast over at theramennoodle.com. And I've got other stuff too on the Noodle Mix Network, and you can get it all over at noodle.mx. I am excited to share something with you today because the title might throw you off a little bit. It's a title of a blog post that I saw that I'm going to address. So before you start thinking, oh, that Daniel, he's, he's already turned against Audacity and he's quit using Audacity and all this stuff. No, I still use Audacity. I think you should use Audacity. But someone else out there thinks you shouldn't. And they've given a list of reasons why you shouldn't use Audacity. And I'm going to address each of those. They think Audacity is a hassle for them to use. But before I address each of those things, I want to share with you something that isn't a hassle. Well, you know what else is a hassle, though? Meetings. I hate meetings. Most meetings. They're, they use up lots of time. If you have to travel, that's expensive to travel. It takes all of that time. Sometimes meetings don't get things done very well. But there's a way that you can host meetings without all of that hassle, and that is to host them online with Citrix, who makes the product GoToMeeting. GoToMeeting is an easy way to host meetings online so that people can join your meeting online from anywhere, and it is super easy. My listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com slash podcast. That's GoToMeeting.com slash podcast for your free 45-day trial. That is more than $50 worth of meetings that you could try on services. So check it out. GoToMeeting.com slash podcast. Now... Let's get into the controversy. Over at lockergnome.com slash Bradley Bradwell, 
And I'll have a link to this show, a link to this blog post in the show notes on theaudacitypodcast.com slash nine. This blog is somehow affiliated with Chris Perillo because it's got his little nerdy, geeky icon in it. And I've seen Chris Perillo tweet this a couple times. So I want to go through this blog with you and address some of these things. And maybe as you hear some of these, you will hopefully know some answers already, but he does raise some good points. I'll give him that. I just don't think they're totally valid points. Over at lockernome.com slash Bradley Bradwell, and again, you can get the full link in the show notes, he says, I'll admit it, Audacity is the best free audio editing software on the market right now. However, which right there, okay, he's saying it's the best free one, but he's saying you shouldn't use it for reasons why you shouldn't use Audacity. He says, however, it doesn't come without its flaws. Today, I'm going to name some reasons why you shouldn't download the software, although I must say that I found it extremely difficult to find some, especially considering the fact that it's free. So it's good right off that he is acknowledging it's free and it is the most popular free audio editing software out there. There are other options, by the way, but Audacity is definitely the most popular one. Point one, you need to download the lame. The first thing I noticed when I downloaded my copy of Audacity is the fact that you're unable to export your track as an MP3. Because of this, you have to download the lame MP3 encoder to get it to work. The problem with this is that it can be quite difficult to find on the internet, especially for those who aren't technically inclined. It would be nice to see Lame paired with Audacity automatically when you download the program. He does have a good point here. It is true that it would be much nicer if Audacity came with Lame MP3 codec, which that's redundant to say that, but it'd be nice if Audacity came with Lame already included in the installation. I'm going to demonstrate for you just how impossibly difficult it is to find the lame encoder. Well, first of all, when you download Audacity, and by the way, if you search for Audacity on the internet, Audacity is going to be one of the top results. It's audacity.sourceforge.net is the address where you can download Audacity and when you get to that page, you'll notice two options, Audacity 1.2.6 and Audacity 1.3.12. Now, I recommend to everyone download Audacity 1.3.12 because it has a nicer interface, especially important if you are using Windows 7 because it's the only version of Audacity that supports Windows 7. It says provisional support, but I've not had any problems with it. So when you click on the beta version, whether you're looking on the Mac side or the Windows side, you will see the links where you can download the installer for either Windows 98 slash ME, guys, upgrade, seriously, or XP, Vista, and Windows 7. On that same page, just a little bit farther down, is a spot, optional downloads. 
One of those options is lame MP3 encoder. Man, that was so hard to find. I mean, I'm just worn out having to scroll down the 10 lines just to see the lame MP3 encoder. And man, clicking on that link is just going to take so much strength on my fingers. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic here. All right, let's pretend you didn't see that when you downloaded and installed Audacity. So I've got Audacity installed, and I am right now, I'm running this virtually on my computer, on my Mac. I'm running this in parallel, since most people are probably going to try using Audacity on Windows or on Mac, but the process is the same. So I've installed this version of Audacity. I have not downloaded the MP3 encoder plugin. So here's what happens. When I start recording some audio, and I'm just recording some test audio into Audacity, and I want to now export this as an MP3. So we know that you go to the File menu, then you choose Export, and we're going to save the file type as MP3 Files. I'll just type in a file name and call this Awesome Test. And we could play with the options now, but you should already know from episode six of the Audacity to Podcast, that's the Audacity to Podcast.com slash six, you should already know what kind of settings you should use for your MP3 files. But for now, I'm just going to leave it at the defaults. So when I say save, it gives me the option to save tags, which I don't do through Audacity. So I just click OK. Now it's telling me that, hey, you don't have lame installed. It says Audacity needs the file lame underscore inc.dll to create mp3s. Now, again, this is on Windows, so it will be a little bit different on Mac. So then it says you must search high and low on the internet, slaving for hours to find the lame mp3 encoder and then somehow figure out how to install it. No, that's not what it says. It says, to get a free copy of Lame, click here. And it has a download button. So when I click download, this is going to take all of the strength I have. I click download. It loads my browser and takes me to, oh, hey, it takes me to that page that was linked to from the Audacity website. And on here, it says, it takes me to this page that says, How do I download and install the lame MP3 encoder? And it gives me directions. It gives me directions for Windows or for Mac OS X. And I can read these directions. And uh, number one step is it says, go to the lame download page. Left click this link. Do not right click. So this is going to take lots of brain power, willpower, and finger strength to left click this link to go to the lame download page. And now this download page is quite lame because it's kind of a cheap looking design. But one of the first links on here, certainly the first file in this box is lame 3.98.2 for Audacity on Windows. Now, there are also other options for OS X or for Linux or even for Solaris, if you're of that flavor of personality. Excuse me, there's no spot on here for Linux. It's just OS X or Windows or Solaris. And you have different options, but the most important thing 
is that first option you see. Lane, and it gives the version number for Audacity on Windows. So when I use all of my strength to click that and download, and then whatever internet browser you're using, it may ask you to save it, it may ask you to open it right then, or whatever, click save or click open or whatever it takes. Once the file is downloaded, you launch it. It takes more strength. I know your fingers are getting sore from the success of clicking. When the program then installs, it puts it in a location for you. Now on Windows, it will, of course, ask you a couple times to verify, are you sure you want to install this? So I say yes, yes, I trust this. I accept the user agreement. Click next. I click next. I click next and install and then finish. And oh man, that was so hard. So then I switch back to Audacity. And when I tell it to export, or I still have that window open, which I just now in my test, I had accidentally closed it. But when I have that window open, what I do then is... I can either cancel that window. If I click down, if I clicked OK right then, it's not going to encode because it hasn't found the encoder yet. But all I have to do is just cancel that, try again. I don't even have to worry about trying to browse and tell Audacity where Lame is. All I have to do without restarting Audacity at all, just go back to the file menu export, type in my name of the mp3 file I want to save, click save, and then it saves it. Like magic, it found the lame encoder. Now, that really wasn't that hard, was it? Seriously? So, I'm going to say that this one is not a good excuse for not using Audacity. Yes, it's an extra step, but it's not hard. And there are helps along the way and descriptions. So unless you have a problem with clicking a couple extra times, it's not hard at all. His reason number two, it's unstable. This is perhaps one of the most significant problems I found with Audacity. After using versions on both OS X Mac and on a Windows PC, I found that the program tends to crash after consistent use. It doesn't just freeze up either. It completely exits, leaving you no chance of retrieving your lost track. However, considering that Audacity is free, this isn't that big of a deal, especially if you're just using the program for basic use. Now, I've been using Audacity for a long time. And especially the beta, I use and recommend Audacity 1.3 beta. I see a lot of people on Twitter. I search Twitter for Audacity, and whenever someone mentions Audacity, I just try and help them out if they're having problems or give them some tips just to give some value to people. And a lot of times I see people saying, oh, Audacity crashed on me, or this isn't working in Audacity. Audacity's stupid. It won't do this. It won't do that. Most of the time, here's what I find. They're people on Windows 7, and they're using Audacity 1.2. 
Audacity 1.2 isn't compatible with Windows 7. Now, Audacity 1.2 on its own is pretty old, and I would say it's really not the best version to use. Audacity 1.3 is extremely stable. The only times that I have had problems with Audacity, yes, it has crashed on me before, but the only times it has crashed are when I'm working with really big files, I set something to process, and then I try to cancel the processing of it, and I get impatient. Now, a couple things there. I caused it to crash by getting impatient or by trying to cancel a process. What I highly recommend is that just give Audacity a little bit of time if you're working with big files, because... It needs to process them. It just needs a little time. It's not unstable or instable. It's it's really quite stable. And in the chat room, which by the way, we record this show live Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. In the chat room, one of the people in there, Rob, is saying, I have never had Audacity crash in more than six years of use. That's a good track record. So yes, Audacity can crash. But I'll be honest with you, right now, my Adobe Dreamweaver, or no, Adobe Fireworks, is crashing on my Mac OS X more than Audacity is crashing on my Mac OS X laptop, and more than Audacity has ever crashed on me before. And when I record my files, I'm recording in four channels, so that's two very large WAV files to work with, especially when I do the ramen noodle which averages about 50 minutes to an hour in length. That's two stereo channels together. That's about 1.2 gigabytes in Audacity. And it's working fine. Now, yes, you may have some RAM issues if you don't have enough RAM. But that's not really Audacity's fault. It's yours. You need to upgrade your RAM, my friend. (laughs) Reminds me of an old Crucial commercial. But really... On my Windows 7 computer, which was actually a Windows XP computer that I upgraded to Windows 7, it only had 2 gigs of RAM. That was plenty for working with my files. His point number 2, or 3. It has difficulty handling longer tracks. Going hand-in-hand with the instability of Audacity is the fact that it's not able to handle longer tracks very well. I found that if you have a track that is over an hour long loaded up, Audacity will tend to crash more frequently. If you do have a significantly long track on on Audacity, I recommend saving it as frequently as possible. Now, that is great advice. Definitely save your projects as frequently as possible. But I still haven't run into this issue, and I have edited stuff that has been, I think, two hours is my top, somewhere around two hours of audio that I have edited in Audacity. Actually, I recorded two hours of audio into Audacity. And not many people are reporting that it crashes while recording, but while they're trying to edit something afterward, usually while they've selected all of their edits and are doing some kind of processor intense thing. So, yes, save often. I like to joke that, uh, well, because I'm a born-again Christian, I sometimes say that, oh, you need to be Christ-like, and, you know, Jesus saves, and you should too. 
His reason number four, the user interface can be challenging for beginners. When I first used Audacity, I was super confused as to what tools were available for editing and mixing tracks. By the way, back on that other point three, again, I'd say use Audacity 1.3 and make sure you have enough RAM, like a gig or more of RAM, and you should be good. RAM is so inexpensive these days, and it's one of the easiest upgrades to make on a computer. And like I said, I've never had any instability issues with long tracks. So, sorry, back to point four. I'll start back at the beginning. He says, the user interface can be challenging for beginners. When I first used Audacity, I was super confused as to what tools were available for editing and mixing tracks. Although it's simple to use for us techies, I can see how it would be difficult to learn for the regular person. With that said, after a little bit of practice and some trial and error, Audacity is a great program for the everyday user. Now, here he's conflicting himself. He says it's simple to use for us techies, but then he says it's hard for beginners, for the regular person, but then he says Audacity is great for the everyday user. So he's been a little inconsistent. And each of his points, he kind of ends the point by saying, but it's still great and it still works fine as long as you do this and that. Now, here's what I say to that. That's very true. You know what other programs are very hard to learn for beginners? Photoshop, InDesign, Dreamweaver, Word. I mean, what program isn't hard for beginners to learn? My mom still calls me with questions about the internet and says, is this a right click or a left click? It's the internet. Everything is left click unless it tells you otherwise. So yes, it can be difficult to learn, but the best programs out there are the programs that start with the blank canvas. Consider if you're a painter, would you rather start with a blank canvas or do you want to start with a pretty picture and then add your picture on top of it? The pretty picture is going to distract you. Now, there are things out there that give you pretty pictures to start with or help guide you along the way, just like instead of using Adobe InDesign, which is a page layout program, that's what I use, you could use Microsoft Publisher, which can get clippy for you and he can help you along the way. It looks like you're wanting to design a newsletter. Can I help you? Or if you're on the Mac side and you want to do podcasting, yeah, you could use GarageBand and GarageBand is pretty easy. But yet, the more simple you make a program, the easier you make it, the less power it has to do what you want. I get frustrated with GarageBand when I tried using it, that it couldn't do certain things I wanted it to do. It just wasn't coming out right, or it would do things I didn't want it to do, and I had no control over making it not do those things. Audacity gives you lots of power, lots of control, and really, it's got that giant record button on it. And if you record into Audacity, it's pretty simple to press that record button and start recording, stop, and do your edits. As long as you know the basics of click and drag, delete, copy, paste, really, it's quite simple to do the editing in Audacity. And I know I'm talking about this from a production user standpoint, because I've been producing multimedia for several years. Before I was even podcasting, I produced videos and audio stuff. 
So I know I am biased toward this, but even I remember when I first jumped into Audacity, it seemed pretty logical to figure out what was going on. I could play and hear what was going on. I could see where the little cursor was. And so I knew what section of my audio I was about to edit. Yes, it can be challenging for beginners. So I agree with that. But I don't think that's a reason you shouldn't use Audacity. Now, he says there are plenty of alternatives to Audacity, and he has a link to some alternatives. However, there aren't a lot of free versions that come very close to the standard that Audacity has set. GarageBand and Cablo, I find, are a little difficult to use in some cases, leaving Audacity at the top in terms of simplicity. Really, I would actually say Audacity isn't as simple as GarageBand, in a sense. Audacity does have its flaws. However, it's the best on the market in terms of free audio editing software. (laughs) So, again, he concludes by saying, after he gives his four reasons you shouldn't use Audacity, he concludes by saying, but it's the best free software you can get and it does stuff well. (laughs) And he even says it's simple. So, I don't get why he's complaining about it. He makes some valid points. No, let me rephrase that. He makes some good points, but I would say they're not completely valid because Audacity is pretty easy to figure out and it's certainly easy to install the lame. As long as you're using the latest version, it's very stable. As long as you're not abusing it or getting impatient, then you shouldn't have any problems with its features of lawn tracks or running out of RAM, as long as you have enough RAM. So, Bradley Bradwell, sorry, buddy, I disagree with you. But I will link you to this episode so you can hear, and maybe we'll get some back and forth going. I want to share some other news with you on podcasting. Just this week, that is the second week of August, the week of August starting with August 9th, Research in Motion, makers of BlackBerry, have released their own podcast client for BlackBerry smartphones. I have a BlackBerry Curve, an old one, through Verizon. And so now I can get this application for free for my BlackBerry. And it says that all BlackBerries support this software. You can get it through the app world on BlackBerry. It's completely free. And it allows you to subscribe to podcasts, video and audio podcasts. Now, there have been programs before for Blackberries that have allowed you to subscribe to video or audio podcasts, but the good ones have been expensive. This one is completely free. Now, the way that you subscribe to a podcast is they're having their own directory on this. Now, I will give the disclaimer that I haven't tried this myself yet, and I'm not sure if I'm really interested in it because... I do have an iPod and I have iTunes. So if I want to listen to a podcast, it downloads through iTunes and synchronizes with my iPod. And that's fine. That's how I listen to podcasts. And I'm happy to do it that way. But you, as a producer or potential producer, need to keep this in mind because this application is extremely popular right now because it's big news for Research in Motion to release this app for BlackBerry. So How can you get your podcast listed in the BlackBerry podcast 
app. It's really simple. Go to blackberry.com slash podcast. That podcasts, plural. Blackberry.com slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And that takes you to this page that tells you all about the BlackBerry Podcast app. Scroll down on the page and you'll see a spot that says submit your podcasts and click add your podcast today. What you'll have to do is you do have to sign up to create an account for your uh, for your BlackBerry podcast app membership thing. So once you have signed up, then you just log in. And once you're logged in, then in the upper right corner, you'll see a little menu that says podcasts. Hover over that and click submit new. Then you just fill out your podcast name, the type, which is audio, video, or audio and video. That would be if you're doing both formats in the same feed, not if you're doing a video that has audio to it, but audio and video in the same feed. Then you choose your category. You say if it's explicit material, and then you give it your podcast feed URL. This would be your feed burner feed. And you have the option to limit it to only certain countries or just leave it at the default. Then click submit. And that goes into a queue and they will approve these on a first come first serve basis. If you want to check on your podcast later or edit them when you're logged in, you go to the podcast menu and then click my podcasts and it lists all of your podcasts on that page and you can edit or delete them from the store or submit a new one again, not from the store, from the directory. So check that out, blackberry.com slash podcasts and get your podcast listed in there. If you can be among the first several, now they've already got more than 300 in there. I saw someone tweeting saying, I was among the first 300, yay! If you can get your podcast in there soon, it can really help your listenership because people will download this app and they will be looking for podcasts to listen to. Especially maybe people who have heard about podcasts but have always been disappointed in the fact they can't get them with their BlackBerry phone very easily. Now there's an easy way. So check it out. Blackberry.com slash podcasts. Hey, just some news as it's getting closer. My wedding is coming up. I'm not sure if I've said that in the Audacity podcast. I know I've said it in my other podcasts, but I am getting married soon. So near the end of August, there won't be any more live shows for a few weeks. There will still be episodes that you can download as long as you're subscribed to the feed, but there won't be any live episodes for you to download. That's because, of course, I want to take some time off to get married, to have a honeymoon, settle into our house, and then we'll get back onto the live schedule. Definitely by September 20, I will be back to podcasting live. But you can always check the live schedule over at noodle.mx slash live. Also, while you're on noodle.mx, please check out our other podcasts. We've got the Audacity, that's this show. (laughs) We have the podcasts that can make you laugh, the ramen noodle. That's my flagship comedy podcast. 
check it out and you can go laugh and sometimes cry because you're laughing so much. Also check out Are You Just Watching from areyoujustwatching.com where it's Christian critical thinking for the entertained Christian. And our latest episode will be about iRobot. We're going to be recording that on Thursday night, August 12 at 7 o'clock. You can join that live if you hear this in time. If not, download it from the website. And any future podcasts we do will be over at noodle.mx. If you have any questions, call those in to 859-353-4332. Comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash nine, and all the links are in the show notes. Email feedback at noodle.mx and follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, with organization, and with dialogue. Thank you very much for listening. Hope to hear from you soon. <laughs>